Hello, I'm Anna Elliott and this is Blendle Handpicked. If you give me five minutes of your time, I'll give you three stories that stood out above all the rest this week. My first pick today is from Kevin Roos in the New York Times, and it's about the gigantic conservative ecosystem on Facebook that he's been obsessively tracking since 2016. The piece begins with one of the most powerful leads I've read in a long while. Listen, liberals, if you don't think Donald Trump can get re-elected in November, you need to spend more time on Facebook. And this message comes at just the right time. Pollsters across the United States and statistical models across the world are predicting a Trump loss in the 2020 US presidential election. You've probably read the headlines. But if your politics are liberal, you've probably never encountered the parallel media universe where pro-Trump political commentators drown out both mainstream media and liberal opposition. On Facebook, conservative posts dominate. Ruse rattles off some statistics here that are mind-blowing. For example, Terence K. Williams, a conservative comedian and Trump supporter, has averaged 86,500 interactions per Facebook post in August, more than twice as many as Joe Biden, the Democratic presidential nominee. And Facebook's size makes it vital that we understand how its policies and structure can affect national discourse. How much should we trust the polls when it's what people really click on and read that indicates more reliably where they're likely to cast their vote? This is a reality check that even people who feel they are up to date on political news could benefit from. The full six-minute article featured in Friday's New York Times, and I'd strongly recommend checking it out. Next up is a quick article from Camilla Cavendish in FT Weekend with a message we probably all need to hear right now. Make time for rest or the world will steal it from you. Cavendish is a senior fellow at Harvard University and advises the UK Department of Health and Social Care, and this message is bound tightly with the importance of protecting your mental health at this precarious time. She begins by focusing on exhausted executives who have had to make crushing decisions about layoffs and business strategy, and states clearly that the ability to rest is a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Taking time to recharge might feel like dropping the ball at a crucial time, but it will in fact help you make better decisions afterwards. Cavendish links to studies that suggest prolonged stress can make us narrow the number of options we consider, clearly a problem for business leaders needing to steer their staff through the pandemic. But the problem is universal. Many of us don't know how to rest properly. And that can absolutely have an effect on our careers, no matter where we are in the company pecking order. This isn't an encouragement to get on the next flight to the Canary Islands. It's an encouragement to actively create moments of downtime and protect them fiercely. For Cavendish's full powers of persuasion, you can read the full four-minute piece from Friday's FT Weekend. Finally today, I've got a stark reminder from Simon Long in The Economist that the global rates of dementia are increasing fast and nowhere in the world is ready to cope with that. Now, you're surely aware of the cruelty of dementia and how it affects the mind. Sufferers often require round-the-clock care and the chances of developing the disease increases as we age. Since the average life expectancy has increased dramatically over the past 100 years, it may come as little surprise that dementia rates have increased too. One estimate says that by the age of 85, between one-third and one-half of people have dementia, and there's no cure. Long's argument is that governments haven't given enough thought to that problem, and they're in for a rude awakening. 50 million people have dementia today, and an estimated 150 million people will have it by 2050. 
all those people will need looking after, which requires a lot of money and a lot of people to do the caring. One passage is particularly striking. The World Health Organization put the annual global cost of caring for people with dementia at $1 trillion in 2018, rising to $2 trillion by 2030, a total that could undermine social and economic development globally and overwhelm health and social services. Despite that, dementia research is underfunded and stigmas over losing one's mind still hover over sufferers who find their identities subsumed by the disease. One thing's for certain, sticking our heads in the sand until someone discovers a cure is not a viable response to the coming storm. There's a lot more information in here, so please do dive into the full seven-minute piece from Friday's Economist. Thanks for joining me for this week's top stories. Check out the show notes for the links to the articles. And if you want to read more, you can go to blendle.com and subscribe to the Daily Digest newsletter, which we send out at 8 a.m. Eastern. If you want to get in touch with your thoughts on the show, you can email me at editorial at blendle.com and you can follow us on Twitter at Blendle. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. <laughs>